Jay Kokorowski, live from Madison, Wisconsin. We are just a less than 24 hours away from Wisconsin, Penn State. We'll give a quick preview at the end of the show. But uh, of course, you guys can follow us on Twitter at B5Q. Follow me at Jay Coco B5Q. And we're gonna. I'm actually gonna go real quick to. We had a great segment with BadgerBlitz.com's John McNamara just literally a few minutes ago here on Friday afternoon. Uh, we didn't do, obviously, a live podcast from B-Rock, which, of course, you should go there, 2911 North Sherman Avenue on the north side of Madison. And But with all uh, with all Wisconsin basketball coming up, uh, Wisconsin had that big win against Coppin State, 85-63 on Tuesday night, where Ethan Happ recorded his uh, you know, his first triple-double of his career and obviously the second in Wisconsin men's basketball history. So uh, we'll get more into basketball in the you know tom- uh, next Tuesday night. Obviously, they'll be facing Xavier uh, in the Gavit Games in Cincinnati. But uh, for now, I wanted to kind of take a, you know, with all the big recruiting news that's happened, there's been four scholarship commitments in the past week. You've had two walk-on commits, and, and, and let's, let's just break down this list. Just before we get to John McNamara, because we didn't really, I didn't really lay out who all committed recently, but obviously, uh, and it's pronounced, uh, it's Muma John Meta, linebacker out of Lincolnshire, Illinois. That's Adlai Stevenson. Uh, look, by the way, this weekend, hopefully, about an article on uh, Muma and, and just what he, you know, it's a, we had a great talk with him last, uh, you know, earlier this week on Tuesday, right before the basketball game, and just uh, just finishing up some things with that article and talk to his football coach there. Uh, he committed on Saturday night, and that was a big commitment there for the linebacking core. And then a second linebacker projected, looks like outside, Skylar Miles from Blue Springs, Missouri, now a three-star, uh, according to Rivals.com, and both Muma and, and Skylar are, are three-star recruits there and then also then coming up on tuesday this past tuesday in the afternoon uh stefan bracy the kentwood michigan uh obviously from uh you know he uh plays in the same high school as five-star lineman logan brown he flips from western michigan to wisconsin and then to top it off is i'm scrabbling just to eat my food uh and and before the Wisconsin Coppin State game. Uh, Rodis Johnson, the offensive lineman, defensive lineman out of Columbus, Ohio, going into Buckeye territory. Four-star kid announces his decision to verbally commit to Wisconsin as well. So Wisconsin stands now at, I'm going to count, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 verbal commitments scholarship-wise for this class of 2017. And, or 2019, I'm sorry, 2019. And they also picked up two walk-on commitments. That's uh, Jackson Collith, uh, athlete out of Sussex uh, Hamilton in Wisconsin. And he, you'll hear from what John has to say in just a couple of minutes there. And then also uh, you have a guy, uh, Tatum Grass or Tate Grass out of Holman, Wisconsin. His huddle says he's a tight end and a defensive lineman. And so uh, both those, those two committed as walk-ons so uh, big weekend for wisconsin recruiting without further ado we're going to take it to john mcnamara badgerblitz.com a conversation we just had literally about 10 15 minutes ago here on bucky's fifth podcast 
if you're a Wisconsin Badgers fan, you've seen a lot of recruiting news coming back, coming out lately, especially, uh, gosh, ever since Saturday after Wisconsin's 31-17 win over Rutgers. And there's been so many. There's been, I think, yeah, four scholarship commitments. You have another two walk-on. And to help us break down who's committed uh, recently in the past, gosh, six days, recorded on a Friday afternoon, I got a good friend from BadgerBlitz.com, John McMan- McNamara, also told us the great story of Paul Standring and his uh, du- his dual bicycle uh, back for walk-on this way. John, how are you doing, man? Doing well. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. And it's uh, outside of the snow we got recently, which I'm still – it's too early for that even for early November. But uh, you, you guys have been busy on BadgerBlitz.com, and you have a lot of commitments there. And what – you know, how do you make, you know, before we get into all of them, like, what do you make out, make of it with just, you know, you get all these commitments come up, this flood of, of commitments. Uh, does it mean anything when they, when you see such a rush come through? Cause we've seen it before in like June and July from the past two years where players are, are committing, but is there any significance with, with this coming up, you know, this past week, are our spots being like filled up or, or is there like a, a pinch on, on, on spots or how, how do you, analyze so many verbal commitments coming up yeah if you know it it, commitments kind of come in bunches and you know for wisconsin now i guess in the last couple of uh recruiting cycles you know they they've had some big runs in june because they're getting guys on campus and and taking official visits and you know so they kind of you know will go on a stretch run where they'll they'll get two three or four at a time and then uh things quiet down again and things kind of pick up again um you know with with the recent run here um, you know, the guys that they offered, um, you know, particularly at linebacker were Skylar Myers and Nama and Jung Mehta. Uh, you know, Wisconsin was their best offer. And, you know, I think the coaching staff explained to them that, you know, you're, when you we get you on campus and, you know, you'll have an offer. And, uh, you know, with signing day just kind of around the corner, um, you know, I don't think they, they pressured them into a decision, but I think they laid out their timetable. And, um, you know, if you look at a couple of weeks ago when they had Muhammad Tori on campus, um, you know, he, he came in with an offer, he took an official visit and he, you know, he didn't flip, you know, he's still committed to Rutgers. Um, I don't want to say they've moved on from him, but they've, they, you know, they went and looked at a couple other options and, you know, he may no longer have a spot in this class now. So I think with, you know, with the early period in December now, you know, guys are looking at, at their respective classes at, at a, you know, a number of different schools and saying, you know, if I want to secure my spot, then I got to make something happen right now. Uh, I think that was kind of the case of the two line, linebackers we talked about. And even Stephen Bracey, too, uh, the receiver that they, they flipped from Western Michigan, uh, you know, because Wisconsin's, you know, always evaluating. I know that they've, they've looked at a handful of other wide receivers uh, just in the last couple of days or so in this 2019 class. So if you want to secure your spot and you want to make sure that you, that you got a spot at Wisconsin, uh, you know, you want to make sure you're doing that at this point. Yeah, and let's talk about the linebackers real quick. What do you think about the skill sets of of, of Jung Meta and, and Myers? Where I know Myers told told us uh, via DM that you know he had got offered you know on, on the weekend, and obviously Jung Meta just got his a couple of Tuesdays ago, like last Tuesday. Uh, you know, what type of skill sets do you see, and how do you see them fitting within Wisconsin's defense? Yeah, Jung Meta, I think's a guy. Uh, he projects to to middle linebacker. Uh, I talked to his coach, and he said the Wisconsin staff thought, you know, he could be someone in the mold of maybe Ryan Conley. And, uh, you know, obviously that, that's pretty high praise. Conley's had an excellent career at Wisconsin. So 
I think he plays on the inside. You know, if you look at that that tape of his from his senior year, uh, you know, he's kind of a tackling machine. I think he had 130 tackles or something as a senior. So he's around the ball a lot. Uh, you know, the biggest knock on him maybe that he's he's a touch undersized right now. You know, he's listed at six foot one, about 210 pounds. Um, you know, you know, you're looking at what weight can he play at in college. You know, maybe he's at you know 225 pounds or 230 pounds after a year or two in the strength program. So. Um, you know, he, he's a real active guy on his senior tape. He tackles extremely well. I think he pursues very well. So I think he's a guy that maybe he is competing for a spot in that two deep after a year or two in the program. And then Myers is a guy, you know, at, at six foot three, six foot four, 210 pounds projects best to, to the outside. Uh, you know, he's, he's a guy that's going to add some weight too, but, uh, you know, another guy who had a really good senior season, like, like, uh, Enjong Meta. So, uh, you know, Wisconsin does a good job of evaluating guys and, you know, they're not afraid to be the first school, uh, you know, to, to be that first power five offer for, for a kid. You know, they, they trust their evaluation process and, you know, specifically at positions like linebacker, that's worked out pretty well. So I think if you trust the coaching staff, you know, even though these, these guys weren't as heavily recruited as other guys in this class, like, a, you know, a Spencer Lytle, for example, um, I think there's a lot to like about both those linebackers. Yeah, we're here with John McNamara, BadgerBlitz.com. And, you know, so you have those two, uh, obviously, on Saturday and Sunday. And then coming up on the 6th, uh, just a couple days later for, for, from Office Myers' commitment that on, on Tuesday, you, you get two big names. You get a, another, you know, a flip. You saw Clay Cundiff a uh, couple, was it back in October on the 7th, just less than a month ago, uh, from that, a uh, flip from Kansas to Wisconsin, and then, you know, uh, Bracy goes from what flips from Western Michigan to to Wisconsin, and seeing his ta- tape, uh, a lot to like, uh, you know, in terms of speed and uh, agility. There, what what do you make of of, of his flip over, to, you know, after being offered, and and how uh, he could be utilized within Wisconsin's offense? Yeah, you know, he's he seems to have a very similar skill set to Marcus Graham. Uh, who was a long-time Wisconsin commit and then backed away from that. And he's he sounds like he, he'll sign with Stanford. He announced that he's, he committed to Stanford. Um, so, you know, I look at those guys as, as similar guys. Uh, you know, Marcus Graham, you know, 5'10", about 160 pounds. Uh, you know, size and, and strength maybe will be an issue for him right away. But if you look like at a guy like Aaron Cruikshank, it didn't stop him much. Uh, he's, you know, he's very much a speed guy. Talked to his his high school coach as well, and uh, he, this summer at Northwestern, I think he ran a four three four forty or something like that. Uh, you know, he's a track guy too, so he you know he'll bring that speed element. I think uh, he'll he probably projects best to to the slot, but I think he's a guy that you can kind of move all over the place. You know, maybe he's he's a guy that they can use in jet sweeps and motion across the field, and and you know even line up wide too because his coach talked about the separation that he's able to get. So. Um, you know, I think Wisconsin fans, you know, the, the ones that are vocal, are, you know, they want maybe, uh, you know, a, a bigger uh, option at wide receiver. But a guy like Bracey, you know, in the last couple of, of classes with, uh, you know, Isaac Arendo and, and Crookshank, like I mentioned, now Bracey in this class, uh, there's definitely been an emphasis on trying to add more speed. And, and Bracey's certainly a guy that's going to do that for you. And maybe even a guy that can help out in the return game somewhere down the road. And then, you know, as I'm preparing for Wisconsin basketball season opener against Coppin State, we get word about Rodas Johnson going into Buckeye territory, Columbus, Ohio. 
And I had a chance to talk to his head coach, Ryan Wiggins, a little earlier today. On uh, And we'll have an article on Bucky's fifth quarter about uh, just the, the impact that, that Johnson could have. But, uh, you know, it, four-star player, big commit, had visited, if I'm mistaken, back in June. And, and, and how does he line up where, you know, obviously he's played both sides of the ball in high school. Where does Wisconsin project him? And what, what's just some of the, the characteristics that really pop out to you about him uh, and even stuff that may, he may need to work on while he continues to build up and potentially, you know, contribute down the line at Wisconsin? Yeah, he, you know, Rodas Johnson, uh, I thought after Bryce Benhart committed to Nebraska, and even when Benhart was on commit, I thought he was Wisconsin's, you know, top remaining target uh, on their 2019 recruiting board. So landing him was was huge. You know, he had a top three of Wisconsin, Penn State, and Texas. Um, and you know, I, I you know credit the Wisconsin coaching staff for for being in there early for him and being able to close him out. Uh, you know, this past week. Uh, you know, he's he's a big body. He's a kid that's played offensive line for most of his high school career in this past. Yeah, his senior year, he's, he flipped over to, to defensive tackle. Um, you know, we have him about six foot four, 285 pounds. Um, you know, maybe he's closer to six three. I'm not, not sure, but you know, they project him to play defensive tackle, but you know, he's a guy too. He's got a pretty long wingspan. I think he could bump out to end. And then, you know, you know that, Jake, that, you know, Jim Leonard uses a lot of, uh, you know, schemes and fronts where Wisconsin's got two down linemen. I think he he fits that pretty well when they do want to do that, and they're mm-hmm. uh, you know sitting in, in some third downs. So um, he you know he's he's raw, but you could see the athleticism that he has. He, he closes extremely well. I um, mean, and uh, you know other things in, in that regard. I think he'll have to work on some of his technique, and you know that comes with not playing the position for very long. Uh, he doesn't use his hands particularly well. I mean that's. That's my opinion of watching his tape. Uh, I think his footwork could be a little bit better too. But uh, you know, he's he's a big body who's who's awfully athletic, and you know, there just aren't too many people like that on <laughs> on the planet. So uh, you know, he, I think he can con- contribute right away as a true freshman. I think he'll have that opportunity. Um, obviously, Song Apollo's done for the season. You know, you would kind of pencil in Bryson Williams as as that nose guard next year. Um, but you know, my, I, I like Rodas Johnson a lot. I, I think Keanu Benton's a bit underrated too. I think those guys have similar skill sets. Um, Benton's is maybe a little bit more technically sound uh, at at defensive tackle because of his you know experience at the position and his wrestling background. But I think Wisconsin yep. getting two impact players at defensive tackle, and it, it, that has been a position that they haven't been able to recruit. At a, at a high of a, of a level as they probably like to, so um, I, I think those two guys uh, are, are the type of guys you're looking for in that three four defense, and I think they're going to have a lot of success. Uh, two guys to be really excited about, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and you, you see with with Johnson, just the the you, I think the the key word is the twitchiness where they have he has that ability to do that. You've seen what Anoki Brechterfield has done with a guy like Isaiah Loudermilk, where uh, it you know it developing him early on and then his second year he he exploded last year and outside of injury this year he's played uh pretty well in getting the pass rush so take take that mold of clay with johnson and, and build them up and get that technique right I, I definitely i agree with you i think he could make a, a huge impact for wisconsin uh in that defense for jim leonard and uh, you know john too you know we talk about all these scholarship players but two walk-ons uh from in-state committed uh, wh- what can you tell us about jackson call hopefully i'm pronouncing his last name right but Colleth, and then also uh you know tatum uh, tatum grass 
Yeah, two linebackers. Uh, I think Collick probably projects more so inside and in grass at the outside. Uh, Tatum Grass is a kid. Uh, you know, I so if you've ever been to Wisconsin summer camps, you know, there's there's no names, there's no numbers. So you just you're doing all this investigative work. And, uh, you know, Wisconsin brought during the camp that he was at about six linebackers they asked to stay after. Um, and all I could get from him was like, I thought it was the Holman decal. And then I found out a couple of weeks later that Tatum Grass is one of the guys that they wanted to, to stay after and work with a little bit more. Um, he had a big senior season. He played both ways, a little bit of tight end. I think he had 10 sacks uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So, um, you know, he looks like a pretty good player um, and, and someone maybe you looked for down the road. Um, Colleth is pretty intriguing because he missed, I think, all of his junior season with an injury. Um, yeah. He tested out real well at the WFCA combine. He ran well, uh, pretty good measurables. So, you know, those are two guys that, that you, you think may have a chance. And, um, you know, two guys that, that turned down scholarships to to come and walk on at Wisconsin. And, um, you know, they're, they're just kind of, you know, the next potential guys in a long line of, of walk-ons who's, who've had a ton of success there. Um, Tatum Grass in particular, he's, you know, 6'3", 215 pounds. I, I think he's a guy that uh, will certainly have a chance. I think both of them do. So two two intriguing guys that, you know, coming in as walk-ons should be someone – uh, that you that you keep an eye on maybe two or three years down the road from now. Here are John McNamara from BadgerBlitz.com here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast, and you know just well, a couple more questions for you before we get you out of here, John. The with just moving forward, you know, I know JT Bertrand was you know up on an official visit this past weekend. The four-star linebacker from Georgia, uh, same high school as former Wisconsin target Steel Chambers, and but uh, what you know. What do you see how this class lays out? You mentioned previously that they were looking at potentially some wide receivers uh, for this class. How do you who do you think they target? And you know how did the I guess obviously Bertrand I would take it with, with the talent that he possesses potentially uh, would be a, a take uh, if you know regardless. But yeah, how how does how do you feel that this class could lay out, or, or who would they target to complete this class? Uh, you know, coming up, I mean, they're just over a, a month a month and a half away from the early signing period. Yeah, um, you know, right before Rodas Johnson committed, uh, I had someone tell me that they were playing with around two to four scholarships left. Um, so I guess a, a max of 20 that they could bring in in this class. Again, those numbers always change. I mean, that's that's what they're working right. with as of, as of that night. So I would say this class could go, you know, I would say 19 or 20. I think you'd be safe there. I think ideally you would like to add – Another defensive lineman, uh, whether it be a nose guard like a, a Simone Peppa, although he would, uh, you know, not enroll at Wisconsin for another two years, so he wouldn't really count towards the scholarship distribution for this this class. Uh, you know, maybe a pure defensive end because you know we talked about the two tackles they have. Uh, Gio Paez is a guy that you know they project to play defensive end, but he's, he's stocky and potentially a guy that can also play defensive tackle as well. So maybe a true defensive end that, that they, they might want to add. But outside of that, I think you're looking at luxury guys. You know, there's no more, you know, I guess in my opinion, you know, positions that you absolutely have to address. Uh, you know, you talked about Clay Cundiff and they have Hayden Rucci. Uh, I know that they've been looking at uh, at least two other tight ends in this class as, as guys that they, they could potentially get on campus uh, for the Minnesota game. Uh, you know, we talked about wide receivers that, that they're still monitoring. 
Uh, you know, will they take a third offensive lineman? It doesn't look like that. Um, you know, they obviously like the two guys that they have right now, Logan Brown and Joe Chipman. But uh, you know, and then they have you know f- potentially four in the 2020 class locked up. Um, so you know, maybe would they look there? So I think they're they've kind of not necessarily started from scratch, but I think they're looking right now and giving their whole board kind of a clean slate, and they're looking for guys who've had big senior seasons. They're looking for guys who have peaked maybe a little bit later in the process. And I think you you would maybe ideally like to take a scholarship or two beyond the De- December signing period where, you know, if a guy pops up late or if a guy doesn't sign in December for some reason and, and you have spots left that you could potentially add add someone who, you know, was committed for a while and for whatever reason didn't sign. So um, I, I think Wisconsin's covered their bases pretty well in terms of positions of need. Uh, Rodas Johnson was the, the kind of final straw there for for a, a big time guy at a big time position of need. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. You know, you mentioned Bertrand. I, I would imagine regardless of, of numbers, he's going to absolutely be a take. I would put maybe Peppa in the same situation, but outside of that, um, it'll be interesting to see if new offers come out and it'll be interesting to see if they bring any uncommitted guys uh, up for that Minnesota game for an official visit. I think that'll be a good indicator as to how they want to finish this class. Yeah, and, and last question, when it comes to Bertrand, yeah, how do you feel their chances are? Uh, have you gotten any indication about how his visit went and, 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 and whatnot? Or in, in, I mean, I know that he visited Notre Dame earlier in October uh, after he decommitted from Georgia. And then uh, obviously, if I'm, you know, uh, there are other teams that are involved too. But, you know, do you feel like they, they made an impression upon that four-star backer? I do. Um, you know, I've been talking to Chad Simmons uh, a lot, quite a bit. You know, he's, he's our Rivals.com analyst uh, based out of Georgia. Uh, he's had a pretty good feel for Bertrand's recruitment. You know, he said going in, even even before Wisconsin offered that, uh, you know, once, you know, that he was looking at Florida. And I, I think Wisconsin has potentially closed the gap on Florida. Um, I, I still believe that Florida's probably – the team to beat here, but the school to watch also is Notre Dame. Um, you know, they've communicated to, to Bertrand that they may not have a spot right now, but something could potentially open up. I think if Notre Dame were to offer Bertrand, that's where he ends up. But right now, uh, I think you're looking at Wisconsin and Florida as, as his two top options. Uh, and, you know, anytime a guy comes for an official visit, you got a shot with them. And, you know, I was talking to Chad a little bit and he said, you know, this isn't a guy that that's just going to go to take a free trip. You know, if, if he's going to take an official visit to Wisconsin, uh, he, he's serious about that that school and that coaching staff and potentially uh, playing there. So uh, we'll see how it shakes out. I, I'd still put my money on Florida uh, unless Notre Dame offers. But um, I guess only time will tell. You know, the last I talked to Chad, he, he said that, you know, J.D. may – go beyond the, the December period. Um, you know, obviously he was a long time Georgia commit and you know, he's not going to rush to his next decision. So um, I guess I'd say Florida, but I think Wisconsin's in there. Great. To, great analysis overall, John, thank you so much for making some time, man. We got to get together and, and do a mashup podcast for national signing day and early signing period. If you're up for it, man, we appreciate you. Yeah, my pleasure. I'd love to. All right. Welcome back again. Follow John McNamara on Twitter, McNamara Rivals. 
that great insight from him. Always a great talk. He knows his stuff inside and out, just talking about uh, what's going on nationally, what's going on in-state. Uh, he's one of my great, my favorite follows. Just talking about in-state recruiting in, in the state of Wisconsin and obviously me knowing a couple of, of football coaches here in state and talking to a few uh, overall, it's a, you know, it's, it's big uh, for getting those in-state kids and him. He's got a great pulse on what's going on in the state and also what's going on with Wisconsin recruiting overall. So uh, big thanks to John once again. And uh, you know, let's, uh, you know, talk real quick about Penn state. You guys can see some previews. We have a Q and a up with black shoe diaries about you know, it, it, both teams. This is a, this is a game of three law, two three lost teams heading into Saturday's game, and it, it's very interesting. I'm sure both teams did not expect to be in this position heading into Saturday. First off, and uh, you know, both are coming off. You know, have been blown out on the road at Michigan at the Big House. Mich- you know, Michigan destroyed Penn State 42 to seven last week. Wisconsin felt the wrath a few weeks ago, 38. 13 and really it's this really it's this thing where uh the offense for wisconsin is uh, you know it'll be interesting to see what wisconsin can can do against penn state's defense where they are first in you know in the conference about ninth overall in the country heading into saturday's matchup in sacks 29 sacks uh 3.22 per game that defensive line and you know you get to gross matos and uh sharif miller are very versatile. David Edwards praised them uh, as, as twitchy, athletic, and, uh, you know, both about 6'5", about 260, and they've combined for 22 tackles for loss and, and 11 sacks already this season. So, And then you also have guys like Robert Windsor and Kevin Givens on the inside have combined for 11 tackles for loss and 4.5 sacks as defensive tackles. So it's a – this is going to be very interesting to see how Wisconsin's offensive line allows for, especially if, I mean, the big – you know, the big thing, Alex Hornibrook right now, starting quarterback, still questionable with a head injury. And so that's a big question mark there for Wisconsin. Can they find, you know, can, can they, if Jack Cohn does start, you know, can they give him enough time to, to get into a rhythm? And does that running game like it did against Rutgers, where it gained 163 yards on 13 consecutive running plays in those two series to start the third quarter, can they can they do the same thing against a Penn State defense that's given up about 172 a game? Uh, and, and if they can establish the run, that's only going to help Wisconsin. But that's I feel it's cliche, but really, that is something that you have to watch with this game uh, against Penn State. If they can run the ball with Jonathan Taylor, Taiwan Deal, Garrett Groshek, if they if they can get that rhythm going and get Cone more comfortable, all the more, you know, if he is starting, uh, that's all the more help for for you know for Wisconsin to to help ease in. Uh, I mean, defensively for Wisconsin, they're gonna have to contend with an offense that's balanced. They're about 208 yards rushing a game. Penn State is 221 through the air. I will say though the the dual threat ability of Trace McSorley may be tested and it has been. Uh, he did suffer a knee injury, and so. Uh, that's one thing to watch coming up because really it's this with this team, uh, you know, you, you saw obviously that you've heard the or you've seen the 2016 Big Ten championship game and just how impressive that offense was in the second half against Wisconsin's what was supposed to be a top 10 defense. But it is a, you know, this year McSorley has only completed 52 percent of his passes. Uh, 1,700 yards, about 11 touchdowns, nine, uh, five interceptions, rushing for 611 yards and nine touchdowns of his own. But like I said, 
you know, I mean, he also had a 51-yarder against Iowa after he got back. I think he was injured. So, honestly, we'll just see how Wisconsin reacts and if they're able to contain a, a dual-threat quarterback. And, I mean, you, you mean flashbacks of Shea Patterson with that 81-yard run and also using a, a zone retype look uh, for a touchdown in that third quarter of that big win that really sparked Michigan after it was a 13-7 game. I hadn't, you know, after, at a halftime, heading into the third quarter. So, really, it, you know, you also, uh, you know, you have Miles Sanders who rushes for about 95 yards per game, is about 848 so far, about six yards per carry. You know, that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how the the secondary holds up, right? And it, it this is obviously going to be a bigger test. Rutgers didn't do too much against them. I know they passed for 261 yards, but a lot of that was you saw, you know, Raheem Blackshear with 162 yards receiving alone off of screen passes. That wasn't necessarily the secondary's fault in terms of coverage. But, you know, guys like K.J. Hamler, it leads the team with receptions, which is 28 517 yards and, and touchdown catches. He's got five. All three categories he leads the team in. You also have Jawan Johnson, who's reeled in 21 catches for almost 300 yards, 293, and a score as well. So, um, you know, I, I think another aspect, too, to watch is just special teams. You know, um, Hamler averages nearly 27 yards per kickoff in 18 attempts. DeAndre, uh, you know, Thompkins uh, has a uh, 10.1 yards per punt return with a, t- with a touchdown. Uh We'll see how you know if Zach Hintz can can obviously get those touchbacks back in front of 106,000 people, and that's going to be a key, uh, you know, for Wisconsin is to make sure that they're pinning Penn State back. And uh, Hintz done, has done a great job so far this year, and in how he's played, and and obviously uh, just how he's allowed the defense to to start, you know, back, you know, on that 25, uh, you know, or you know, having a good kickoff where it's gone even. You know, if I remember correctly, uh, you know, kicking a ball high up in the air and then having that ability for the kickoff team to to close in and even before they get to the 25 yard line. So, uh, a lot of interesting stuff. You'll see our predictions up on our How to Watch post, which will go up tomorrow morning. Uh, and I'm thinking uh, we'll have that up probably about 6 a.m. I'll be up early. Uh, getting that written up there and we'll get our game predictions. I'll say right now 28 21 Penn State. I think it's on the road. If it's at home, it's a different story. I feel, uh, but uh, at Happy Valley at State College and Beaver Stadium, there, I, I want to see Wisconsin prove that they can hold. Uh, you know, even though he's injured potentially, a little hobbled, uh, if they can contain Trace McSorley, both. You know, I think it starts in the run game if he's uh, caught up and if the you know coverage is good from Wisconsin secondary. If, you know, if they can contain him in the run game and, you know, no explosive or chunk plays there from the quarterback there, the rushing attack, if they can hold there, I think they'll they'll set themselves up well. Uh, and I think that falls, obviously, with the linemen making sure they eat up the gaps, but also the two linebackers on the inside, TJ Edwards, Ryan Conley, locking in. And, and you know, if there's a spy there, it's one thing. Uh, but, you know, we'll see if even like Zach Bond or Andrew Van Ginkle, if they have that ability to really lock in and, you know, and if they act as a spy, something to contain McSorley, I think that'll be obviously paramount to, uh, you know, in a key to their victory uh, if that would happen. Uh, on the opposite side, like I said, if Wisconsin gets a run game going, it's a completely different ball game. It didn't happen against Northwestern in Evanston two weekends ago. And if Cone does start, which, I mean, like again, Alex Hornibrook is injured or is uh, questionable. According to the official updated injury report that was released on Thursday, 
But, uh, you know, me, I'm, I'm kind of maybe my gut feeling. I don't know any inside information. I'm assuming Cone will start. But if he does, if he does, Wisconsin needs that to run the ball well to give him a chance. Uh, and and then the receivers need to make some get some separation there. Uh, and and, obvi- and obviously you hope that the timing, you know, Wisconsin hopes that that timing between the receivers improves now in his third straight game playing. Uh, if if like I said, if this is the case, uh, if it's Hornibrook, you know, obviously same thing applies in terms of getting the running game going. If it's not there. Wisconsin may have some trouble that, uh, you know, and Penn State's got about nine interceptions so far this season. So uh, I'm going to cut it short there. Uh, guys, come back Tuesday. We'll be at Beer Rock, 2911 North Sherman Avenue, catching the last part of the Wisconsin Xavier game, uh, part of the Gavit games. That's a road game. And then obviously we'll recap what happened at Penn, against Penn State. And then we'll also preview what's going to happen potentially in West Lafayette against Purdue. So, Stay tuned there. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at B5Q, at JCocoB5Q. You know, look, follow our Instagram. we got some great pictures from Dan Sanger for basketball, Matt Fleming for football. And then, you know, with this podcast, guys, you know, listen on iTunes. Listen on Google Play. Tune in on the TuneIn app. And, you know, you click that subscribe button. It does not cost you a thing. Just let us know how we're doing. Give us those star ratings. Help us bump up our rating. Help us to let us know what you want out, out of this podcast because, obviously, basketball season's coming up. Uh, women's volleyball still doing very well. Women's hockey, uh, men's hockey both underway, too. And, uh, obviously, congrats to Mark Johnson, the women's hockey coach. Uh, his UW just announced yesterday that he uh, will have his hockey jersey, now the number 10 with his name, uh, lifted up to the rafters of the Cole Center. Uh, and... You know, obviously, I mean, UW said that they're still going to keep the number 10 open, that people could, you know, players could use it. Uh, but his name and jersey will be retired up uh, to, you know, above the rink of which his dad, uh, Bob, you know, uh, you know, obviously was named after. So uh, big, big thing there. And uh, so, yeah, there's so much going on right now. Uh, and it's a great time of the year. So make sure you guys tune in coming up, uh, you know, next week, next Tuesday. Uh, we'll have this up by next Wednesday for the next edition and you guys have a great weekend stay warm watch out for this if you're in wisconsin watch out for the snow and we'll tune in uh we'll catch you guys hopefully at beer rock next tuesday uh seven o'clock uh here on bucky's fifth podcast